we have been over the last number of months been going through the the ten commandments here at, at CE, and tonight we finally reach the end. If you've came here with eager expectation to hear about coveting and about that bit about donkeys and whatever that has to do. Well, you're actually a, a week late. We're going to be looking at the ninth commandment uh, as we finish this this evening. And, you know, it's near Christmas, so I thought we'd start off with a, with a bit of a funny. So let's put this on, Phil. Cheers. I believe that good sportsmanship and honesty are more important than just about anything when it comes to sports. So I took it upon myself to share that lesson with the next generation of professional athletes, kids, by hooking them up to a fake lie detector and driving them crazy. And here's how that went. Well, hello. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you for coming. I'm Officer Jimmy. This is the Truth Fairy. The truth is going to hook you up to a machine right now. Do you know what a lie detector is? Yeah. A lie detector is a machine that can tell if you're lying or telling the truth. So you must always tell the truth, okay? Okay. All right. And then we're going to put this on your head, and we'll be all ready to go. Wow. That's right. He's got more gel than you, truth Yeah. 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 Do you gel your hair? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, let's start with your name. What is your name? Blake. Okay, very good. How old are you, Blake? Seven years old. Seven years old. What grade are you in? First grade. Do you like school? Yeah. Do you like school? No. No. Why don't you like it? I'm bad at science. You're bad at science? Yeah. You don't like science? No. It's boring? Yeah. What courses do you like? Math. You like math? Yeah. Okay. What's eight plus eight? Sixteen. Fourteen. Have you ever peed in the swimming pool? A little bit? Hold on, let me ask the truth fairy. Truth fairy, have you ever peed in the swimming pool? Yes. You? I think we all have. It's fun. It's great. Sometimes I stand up on the side and pee into the swimming pool. It's a lot of fun. Um, what do you like better, your mother or a puppy? My mother. Your mother? Why? Because she takes care of me. And puppies don't? No. Puppies only care about themselves. Yeah. Puppies are very selfish. Yeah. Do you hate puppies? No. Do you hate puppies? Yeah. Do you feel like I could get you to say anything with this machine? No. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think is smarter, your mom or dad? Dad. Dad? Why is dad smarter? He knows way more history. He knows more history? Does your mom ever do dumb things? No. Does mom ever do dumb things? Yes. She does. What kinds of dumb things does she do? She says bad words. Oh, she says bad words. Like the really bad words? Yeah. Whoa. Do you ever say bad words? No. 
Sometimes? A little bit. A little bit with your friends? What are some of your favorite bad words? That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I don't know if we can continue with this. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. Honesty is more important than just about anything. You must always tell the truth. Big words from, from Jimmy Kimmel and profound wisdom contained within that uh, video clip. Truth is important. We all get that. We, we know that we, we have to tell the truth. We know in some sense that it's not good to, to tell lies. But it's kind of difficult because you and I live in a world which is often void of truth. It's hard to, to figure out what is, what is true, what is, what is factual, what is correct, and what is even right and wrong. And tonight we're going to consider the Ninth Commandment, and we're going to talk, talk about this very grand topic of, of truth. What is, what is truth? Why is truth important? And the primary reason that tr why truth is, is so important for us is because it's important to God. Truth matters to God. This is why the, this subject of truth, or, or better put, not upholding truth, finds its way into this, these, this list, these 10 commandments that we, we call, we talk about, and we have been considering um, over the last couple of months. Uh, the, the scene for, for this commandment is, is the courtroom. And God says to, to, to his people and to us by extension many thousands of years later that you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That is the ninth commandment. The scenario that, that God is trying to evoke into our minds is this. You have just witnessed a crime. You have been summoned to, to testify. You have to go to court and you have to plead to, to tell the truth. You have to tell the whole truth and, and nothing but the truth. And now you're in this court of law and you have to go and stand up and you have to speak words that are, are true. We know that not telling the truth in, in court can get us into a whole heap of problems and get us into a lot of bother. Though that doesn't actually stop many people. There's many, many cases right across our world where people lie in court or they, they, they give false evidence and they, they mess up and they get into a lot of trouble. And to be honest, we've got, we've lost a little bit of this because of the examples I've just given this, this happens in, in our world. In, in ancient times, once, once, once this was uh, written down many thousands of years ago, this was serious stuff. To go into a court of law and to give false witness, false testimony, to, to lie was, was bad news. That was something you did not want to do. Not being a faithful witness in a court of law would in fact made you liable to receive the same punishment as the perpetrator. It often resulted in death. That's how crucial it was to be a faithful witness. That's how important it was to tell the truth. 
And once we read that, we could sort of say, well, that's those days we have progressed as humans. But actually, have we really? Maybe they actually understood what truth was and they got the seriousness of and the, the magnitude of what truth is. Maybe were the people in 2019 who have lost what truth is about and actually standing up and upholding what truth was. So tonight, what I want to do with, with this commandment, our final commandment as we've been looking at, is to break it down into the three simple uh, sections. And what is really, what I want to look at is, is basically three questions. Ask three questions of, of the ninth commandment. First question is, what is it really being prohibited against? We'll spend most of our time here. So what is it actually saying? What are we, what are we not to do? Second question is, well, why do we still do it? Why do we still do it? And then the third one is, how do we respond? What is the application? What is really being prohibited here in the ninth commandment? Often the ninth commandment is uh, simplified down to three words. Do not lie. If we were to memorize the Ten Commandments, we'd probably memorize it as that. Do not lie. But as we'll see in a few moments' time, it is so much more than that. Certainly is prohibiting against lying, but is so much wider than that. But we're going to start off with lying. We're going to consider three things that are being prohibited against. Don't lie. You should not lie. It is not good to lie. In, in the standard that, that God has, has outlined as your, as your creator, as the one who is sustaining this world, he has told us not to lie. It's a, a sin to lie. It breaks God's law to lie. And we, we get that. We, get, we grasp that very, very uh, simply. And when we think of lying, naturally our minds will go towards those sort of explicit big lies, maybe like sort of like the, the big black and white lies. Might think of, of the kids who, who is caught red-handed with um, eating all the chocolates and their mom asks them, have you ate all the chocolate? And even though they're, they're covered in the stuff, they're plastered with it, they're caked in, in, in chocolate, they say, no, it wasn't me, I didn't eat it, even though everything else says and suggests otherwise. We know lying is wrong, but we, we lie in a variety of different ways. And let's consider a couple of those ones. We also lie when we only tell half the truth. So let me tell you a story of 17-year-old Henry. As many of you know, I'm a huge Portadown fan. Um, when I was driving, uh, uh, when I was younger, before the days that I could drive, uh, my, my parents really didn't like me going to away matches uh, to go and support and follow Portadown. And especially to matches that were quite far away, so didn't really like me going and uh, Belfast particularly, especially if I wasn't supervised without like mate's dad or something like that. Though there was one time uh, Portadown were playing in, in a huge cup match and they were playing against uh, Linfield. Linfield play in Belfast at the National Stadium at Windsor Park, also known as Windsor Park. And they were playing in a League Cup quarterfinal. Now, I knew that if I were to ask my mom and dad, could I go to this match, they were going to say no. And there was no chance of that happening. So I devised a quite ingenious plan. I would tell them that I was going to go to my friend's house after school. I was going to do some coursework that I really needed to do. And then I was going to stay over and then go to school the next day. And that is what I did. I went to my friend's house straight after school. 
we did some moving image and arts coursework. I went back to his house. And then I walked to Tipplers and got onto a supporters bus and went to the football match. Uh, long story short, poor down 1-1-0. Uh, 13 missed calls later, I finally answered a call from home and had to confess where I was. That was an interesting phone call. You can ask me later about that. I had straight out lied. I did not tell the full story. And whenever we don't communicate all the details, we are lying. If we decide to miss out on key information, we break this commandment. Another way we, and as I was thinking about this, that we present half-truths is in, in the world of, of our social media. We put up a, a post on Insta of, how, of, of, of the great time that we had, wherever that may be, at a mate's birthday party, maybe a wedding, maybe um, a meal out with, with friends or family, it might be a mission team that you, you went on a holiday and everyone else is putting a photo up. So you said, you know what, can't miss our prime opportunity to get a few likes here. So you, take, you put up a photo of you looking absolutely candid and glorious uh, and you put it up for the whole world to see and you get about 200 likes and happy days. But deep down, that is not is what is going on. You have had a terrible time. You actually hate that person who you went to their birthday party with. Uh, the mission trip really wasn't all that it cracked up to be. It was actually a very mediocre time. But you have told the whole world, look at the great time I've had. Aren't I great? And in those moments, we are lying. We are presenting half-truths. We can often actually present complete falseness there. We are not offering the truth. And we are misinforming people of what is really going on. Just quickly, another way that we lie is, is by exaggerating and also over-fabricating. Over I certainly have this mate and a couple of these mates. And maybe you have that friend, that person who, when they are telling a story, they always have to add their own twist to it. You actually know what has happened. And then they go and tell the story and they add some different drama toward the end of it. They need to dazzle on their little bit of spice on it so they get an extra few laughs so they can get more attention uh, from what they have to say. Maybe we know that person. Hopefully it's not you. But when we add information, particularly once we overfabricate and we add a little bit of twist on the story, we're adding false information on top of truth. And again, we're misleading people. And ultimately, we're becoming false witnesses. Even once we think about how we speak, and once we communicate stories, and once we have to talk to people, even think about our tone, and how we emphasize one part of a story, and maybe are quiet about the rest. How we raise our voice at one part, and soften at another. All these things are, are emphasizing or maybe not emphasizing the right parts. And once we are doing that, we are exaggerating, we're overfabricating, and we're misleading people. People get the wrong idea and they get the wrong information and you have become a false witness. Next up is gossiping. Yes. Gossip can be uh, passing on information that you cannot back up. You don't have evidence for it. But usually when we are, are gossiping, when we love a, a, a wee goss, 
we are often actually passing on truth. Think of it like this. When we gossip, we are passing on truth unnecessarily and often inappropriately. The temptation is real in this little island of ours uh, to gossip. We, we all feel it. Why do we gossip? Well, the answer is quite easy. We want to be the one with the, the latest, latest little bit of biz. We want, the, we want the, the latest juicy story. We want to be the person in the know. When we, when we gossip, when we talk about people behind their backs, we, we put ourselves on center stage because it makes us feel important. We feel that we are wanted and that we are powerful in those moments. But however we, we may like to dress it up, we can think of it like this. Oh, I just can't keep this secret or this story to myself anymore. I need to get this off, this, off my chest. Or we can even spiritualize this as well. Do you know what? We, we need to pray for so-and-so because they did this and we really need to pray for them. And we can dress it up whatever way we want. But gossip, unnecessarily sharing truth, is sin. It is breaking this commandment. When we gossip, we are speaking behind someone's back. We are tarnishing another person's reputation. And often we do that so that our reputation may be enhanced. And we need to stop. We are terrible at this in this world and in this country of ours, this island. We are so bad at this. When someone maybe starts a conversation or at one point of the conversation says the line, I don't know if I should tell you this, or you get the sense that someone is oversharing information to you, or if someone is just flat out tearing strips into another person, no matter what they have done, and it could be terrible, or who they are, they could be their worst enemy, you need to stand up for truth, and you need to stand up for the reputation of others. See, in those moments, and it's, it's, it's sometimes easier once it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's very difficult once it's in a group. You need to tell that person to stop. You need to stop them right away. If they say, I don't know if I should tell you this, you should say, then don't. And in some situations, the best thing is to do is to leave and to leave that situation. Sad reality is that we, we listen to gossip and there's something within us that loves it. We just love hearing the latest bit of uh, gossip, the, the next rumor, and then we, we say nothing. And our silence in the face of gossip is actually just as sinful as the gossip itself. We can't be silent. One final way that we, we break this commandment is, is through slander. If gossip is unnecessarily sharing truth, then slander is, is deliberately passing on information that is just flat out wrong and incorrect. You might hear the word slander uh, and it might come to your mind and you might think about something, well, that, that happens on Twitter or that happens on, on, in newspaper articles when someone makes some ridiculous claim about another person. But if we really think about this and consider this and reflect it in our own lives, we do this more than what we would like to admit. Someone blanks you. Someone gives you a strange look as you're walking past them in school. 
someone puts in a sharp reply into the group chat and immediately you start to speculate in your head and you start to think, oh, they must be annoyed with me. I must have done something wrong. And then you go and tell someone else. You pass that on and you say, here, they're in a bad mood. What have they done? Something must be up with them. Though this can delve even deeper than that. This can become very, very vicious. Slander can be can rise from, from spite. It can rise from a desire to seek revenge. And often it can raise its head and it can look like just flat out horrendous rumors. Where someone goes and spreads a lie about someone else so that their reputation can be ruined. And there's a couple of questions that we, we need to pose to ourselves. Not to whoever's sitting left or right of you, but to ourselves. And here they are. We need to ask ourselves, are we offering a true representation of that person when we talk about them? I'm not saying that we can't ever talk about people. That's, that's good. We can talk about it, especially we can talk about good news. We can share good news regarding people. But once we talk about people, are we, are we given a good and fair representation of them? One thing that's helped me and challenged me massively is would I feel comfortable talking about this person to another person if they could hear what I was saying? Would you still say the same things? Would you still type the same things if you knew that that person was going to at one stage see those words or hear what you've said. Would you still do it? Another couple of things that we need to consider is, do we have all the evidence? Before we make that statement, before we say that thing, do we have all the evidence? Is your information accurate? And to be honest, see if something is legitimately wrong. And we do have concerns about people and we hear stuff that uh, maybe bad rumors about people and, and everyone seems to be talking about it. If there is genuine concern about someone and something that has went on in their life, how about actually go to that person, if it's appropriate and right, and talk to them and say, look here, you know, I've been hearing stories. This rumor is just going around school. What's up? Talk to me. I don't want to hear what everyone else is saying. You give me your version of events. When we, when we misrepresent people, and this goes bigger than people. We can misrepresent churches. We can misrepresent organizations. And we can talk bad about them to make us feel better about ourselves and our church and our organization. We, we break this commandment. And in that, what we are doing is this. We are showing that we care more about our own popularity, our own influence, rather than truth and rather than our friends and our neighbors. This, is, this, has, been, this has been heavy stuff, and I, I hope you've been really encouraged thus far and really uplifted in, in your faith. Um, but I want us to move on into our, our second section and to answer this question, why do we still do it? What is the motivation behind, in our hearts, for breaking this commandment? Even though we know it's wrong, no one's going to disagree with anything that I've said so far. Why do we still do it? Well, at heart, the reason that we still break this commandment and we still mess up is simply we do not love truth the way we should. 
whenever we lie or gossip, we are basically saying that, do you know what, truth isn't that important. We might actually in our heads think, do you know what, I, I, truth is important, but only when it suits me. Whenever it sort of matches my needs, I, I'll, I'll hold the truth and I'll be an honest person. But only when it suits my needs. But the motivation to run away from truth lies much deeper than our lack of love, our adherence to it. We like to make uh, a lot of, of excuses when it comes to this commandments. Uh, just simple things like, well, do you know, it's just, it's just a little white lie. Do you know what? It's not going to hurt anyone. It, it's, it's fine. It's just, it's just one off. Just one off. Maybe we might tell ourselves, do you know what? Actually, if I, if I don't tell the truth here, this is actually for the, the greater good. If I lie here, this is actually for the betterment of, of this, this other, this person. But I hope tonight that you have grasped the seriousness of bearing false witness. This is, this is just simply no light matter. And actually, as we look at the Ten Commandments, and if you've journeyed along with, with us through these, you'll see that this is heavy stuff. And that, that this is not treated lightly in God's viewpoint. And let me emphasize this a little bit more. Let's go back to the very beginning. Genesis, the start of the Bible, start of time. Sin enters into the world in that story regarding and revolving around the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Sin enters the world and life changes forever. All of life is infected with, with sin. And 2019, it's the same problem. You and I are plagued with sin. And that separates you and I from God. And as great and as innocent as we may like to think of ourselves, the Bible paints the picture very clearly that we are, are rebels to him. And whenever we sin, specifically bear false witness, we are not doing God's work. But we are doing the work of another. And his name is Satan. Don't like talking about the devil. We think we sort of have these images of, of the Simpsons version of the devil. We like to talk about God, but we don't like to talk about this other person called Satan. The Bible refers to Satan as the father of lies. So whenever we lie, we're actually following in his footsteps. Let me say this very clearly. Satan is a manipulator. Satan wants to deceive you and this whole world. He longs to lead you away from truth. He will use whatever means necessary to convince you otherwise. I was reading this, and here's a couple of quotes which I think are helpful for us. Satan loves to steal and kill and destroy. He spoils lives with sin, with sickness, with fighting, with bitterness, and ultimately with death. The devil is real and a terrible enemy. He doesn't use just bold-faced lies, but subtle half-truths and misleading statements. He presents the bait and hides the hook. Satan wants to deceive you. He wants to lead you away from truth. 
and for each and every one of us, that will look differently. If you're not a Christian here tonight, the lie that Satan is telling you tonight is don't become a Christian. It will steal your joy. You'll live a boring life. It's all about rules and so on and so forth. If you are a Christian, one of the lies Satan might want to tell you is, do you know what? Sin isn't that important. It's not that serious. Do you know what? God's a God of grace. You know, just live life to the best as you can. You know, there's forgiveness. Just live life and enjoy it. Satan wants to deceive you because truth is not important to him. But truth is so important and crucial to the God of this universe. God loves truth. By nature, God, who is our creator, is truth. And God, unlike Satan, sincerely wants the best for you. And the best thing for you is to rest in his truth. And it's to live a life that values truth. And with all that, with considering all that, as we begin to land the plane, how are we to respond to all this? The Apostle uh, Paul, uh, the Apostle James, in his New Testament letter, uh, says this. He says, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. Your words, the words that you think, the words that you say, the words that you type onto a screen matter. And you need to realize that the words that you say and think and, and speak are important and have influence. The Apostle James really doesn't hold back here and he makes that very clear that words just like a, are just like a forest fire and can, uh, can have a tremendous impact. Words matter and we need to take care of, of how we speak. We can use our words to encourage, build up people, but words can easily tear someone apart. Specifically tonight, we need to consider speaking truth. We shouldn't be spreading lies, gossip, or slander. That's the first thing I want us to think about. Your words matter. And in the technological age that we live in, often the words that we put on a screen are there forever. We need to think about the words that we say. We need to be careful with them. Second thing is this. With all that we have considered tonight, I don't think there's one of us in this room that can say that that they are blameless. And, and in one sense, I hope that maybe past scenarios, situations have came to your mind of how you've broke this commandment. But not that you would feel totally laden with guilt and that you feel like a total failure, but that you would simply acknowledge your wrongdoing and that you would realize the sin in your life and that you would run directly to the God of truth and that you would confess this sin, that you wouldn't just ignore it, Often once we talk about sin and once we, we sort of start to feel guilty, we think of that as, as a bad thing. But we need to think of it from a different perspective. Once we are, once you and I are confronted with our sin, we need to know that this is actually the grace of God. This is actually the work of the Holy Spirit working in your life. If you're, if you're a Christian this evening, the whole point of your life since you were saved is to become more like Jesus Christ. Jesus was sinless. And one of the glorious marks of Jesus was that he never lied. He always spoke truth. So when our sin is revealed to us, this is God graciously pointing out our feelings. 
so that we would run to him for forgiveness and be assured Jesus has power over sin. Jesus accomplished all of this. His death and resurrection proves that, that he can forgive you. So as you think about your lies, the times you've gossiped, even slander, bring them to the cross. Jesus died for each and every one of those, every lie that you have ever said, and he will forgive you. But there's more here, and it's practical, and this is so difficult, but it needs to be said. And I think some of us, again, if not all of us, need to go and confess our sin to a number of people. So here's the question. Who have you misrepresented? Who have you talked about inappropriately behind their back? Let me encourage you. You you should go to that person and you should say sorry. And you should say, I've messed up. They might not even have a clue that you've been speaking behind their back. But you should go. As God has forgiven you so greatly, you should live that out in your life. Treat your sin as serious as God does. Confess your wrongdoing and go to that person or whoever that may be and say, I'm sorry. I've talked bad about you. Accept my apology. And this is hard. It takes courage, but it is totally worth it. And once for all we've considered tonight, we may feel the weight of all this. Potentially, we could become overwhelmed. But there's no need to worry. There's no need to fret because there's hope and there's a better way. In a world which is void of truth, where truth is just sort of up for grabs, where there's no standard for truth, which it just seems that truth is always changing from one day to the next. Christians have a greater hope to cling onto. And the hope that they cling onto is their God. We have a God, by definition, is truth. God, who is not a deceiver. The Bible talks about him as the God of truth. And he has proved this in real time and flesh through his son. Jesus, who would declare himself to be the way and the truth and the life, has set the standard for life, but specifically tonight for truth. See, Jesus never once broke the ninth commandment. Jesus has never broken any of the commandments. Jesus perfectly kept every single commandment. Jesus loved God the way humans were supposed to be. Jesus loved his neighbor the way we were supposed to be in every moment of his earthly existence. He lived that life for the glory of his father. But he lived it so that he could one day go to a cross and die for you and I. Jesus would would hang on a cross for every lie that we have ever told, for every time we have tore someone down behind their back, for every sin of humanity. It was taken by Jesus. He bore the punishment that you and I deserved. And in return for our sin, Jesus offers us forgiveness. And this is good news. This is, this is the gospel. And in response, we should want to reflect this goodness in our lives. And God invites you tonight to love truth as much as he does. When we bear false witness, when we disobey God and say we know better, 
we are we are we are saying that we do not love truth but the gospel of jesus christ calls us to a better way of living when we orient ourselves around the finished work of jesus we are compelled to bear true witness about god and in essence once we do that we are saying to our watching world look how wonderful and satisfying jesus is when you live for truth you're becoming a signpost for jesus you're declaring to your friends and family do you want something has changed within you when your speech is laden with truth we are testifying to the finished work of jesus christ at the cross let's pray Dear God, we, we thank you for these 10 commandments, these 10 words that we have been looking over the last number of months. Father, as we compare our lives to these, we realize and we have to acknowledge that we are so far off your standard. Time and time again, we fail, we mess up, we break these commandments. We sin. We live for our own glory rather than yours. And we want to confess that to you this evening. We want to come to the cross and we want to bow our knee and say sorry. But we want to say thank you. Because the guilt that lays on our shoulder, the sin that is in our heart, has been taken by Jesus. And as we bow our knee at the cross, we lift our heads and we see Jesus bearing our sin, bearing the wrath of the Father, taking it on himself and dying as the sacrifice and taking the punishment that we deserved. And in response, we receive mercy and forgiveness we thank you for the finished work of jesus christ at the cross we thank you that he did not remain dead but rose victorious three days later signifying that jesus has power over sin and death and that gives us hope that encourages us this evening so as we think about that as we know that as a reality in our lives lord would we want to live better lives would we want to live better lives so that we could point to a watching world of you the good god the god of truth and it's in jesus name that we pray amen